Hello and welcome to the CGF Sustainability Podcast Series. My name is Louise Chester and I work in the communications team at the Consumer Goods Forum. In this series, we take a deep dive into all things sustainability, from forced labour to plastic waste, deforestation, food waste and refrigeration. Today, I'm joined on the podcast by Fritz Mikus, Director of Corporate Communications at Simrise. Simrise have got so many interesting and really innovative sustainability projects in the works, and I can't wait to find out more. So let's meet Fritz. Hello, Fritz. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you doing? Hello, Louise. I'm perfectly fine. Thank you so much for this great opportunity. You're very welcome. So I know that at Simrise, sustainability is a really integral part of your business model. So I looked at your report and you you say in that sustainability report on your website that you, you're aiming to be climate positive starting in 2030. So what does this phrase mean to you and why is it important to Simrise? Yeah, thank you for this question, Louise. So in fact, Simrise has been committed to climate protection for many years. So uh, we have set ourselves the ambitious goal, like you said, of being climate positive by 2030. And this means that the business activities of Simrise will contribute to prevent more greenhouse gas emissions from the atmosphere than we produce through our activities. So uh, we have a clear plan of action for climate protection. So first, we concentrate on limiting our own emissions by constantly improving energy efficiency at our production sites. That's how we saved more than 68,000 tons of CO2 in 2020. And I do believe that this is a quite significant number. So even in the planning phases of new projects, sustainability and climate protection play a huge role. Second, we plan using energy from, we plan using energy from renewable sources. We redoubled our efforts in this area in 2020. For example, we have already succeeded in sourcing our global external electricity from renewable sources this year. The third objective of our action plan for climate protection integrates our most important suppliers into the Simrise climate strategy via the CDP supply chain program. By now, 87% of our main suppliers have committed to their own climate targets and reduction measures on our initiative. So we want to increase our sales from 5.5 to 6 billion by 2025. If we didn't take countermeasures, this would create more greenhouse gas emissions. So if the climate protection measures that we implement prove insufficient in making a positive impact on our carbon footprint, we'll also further reduce our scope one emissions by supporting high quality certified climate protection projects all over the world. So uh, yeah, and last but not least, we report transparently about our climate protection measures and the results of those. So in a corporate report, you can find lots of KPIs on uh, how what, on, on our, our measures, what, what we defined and how we want to be measured and on our results and all the measures we take to achieve that. Yes, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. That's really interesting. And you've already started to touch on it there, Fritz, but I would want to hear a little bit more actually on your work on sustainability because I know from reading your report that you've you you work on several different uh, within several different areas perhaps you could give me an overview on that yeah sure uh, with pleasure <laughs> so I mean the issue of sustainability was and is as you said always very important for Simrise so in my point of view, we, we contribute to all dimensions of sustainability, which means the ecological, the economic, and also the social dimension of sustainability. So uh, we defined our so-called sustainability agenda, which is based on four pillars. And um, 
the first pillar is footprint. Then we have innovation, sourcing, and care. Regarding the footprint pillar, our goal is to minimize our environmental footprint across the value chain. Regarding innovation, we want to maximize the positive social and environmental impacts of our products. On sourcing, we want to maximize the sustainability of our supply chain and raw materials. And regarding our care pillar, our goal is to improve the well-being of our stakeholder communities. So to make sure that our work has the biggest impact for everybody, we set up our so-called materiality matrix. And this was actually quite a, a tough work because we reached out to all of our stakeholders and we asked them on what is the biggest issue, biggest impact on uh, regarding Sunrise. Yeah? And uh, the target was that we developed like a uh, materiality matrix. And this showed on one slide, the, uh, on one side, the value of uh, the Sunrise activity for society. And on the other side, we showed the value for Sunrise. And yeah, we really did like lots of interviews with our stakeholders and uh, we found out that uh, the most material topic for Sunrise is sourcing. And yeah, I mean, what else can I say? Of course, the uh, sustainable development goals are leading us. They are really, they are really guiding us in our work. And uh, based on this material, materiality matrix, yeah, we defined those SDGs where we do have the biggest impact. I mean, of course, we contribute to all 17 SDGs of the United Nations, but we figured out that we have the most impact on, uh, yeah, on, on six ones. And this is actually SDG 15, life on land, and SDG 14, life below water. Uh, SDG 13, which is climate action, number 12, which is responsible consumption and production, number eight, about decent work and economic growth, and uh, the most important SDG for us actually is number 17, partnership for the goals, because we realized that we can only be sustainable and we can only be successfully sustainable or acting sustainable if we are collaborating very closely with our, our partners. And we, cannot, we can only reach our ambitious targets regarding sustainability through close corporations with our, with our, with our customers, with our partners through the supply chain. Um, yeah, I mean, you asked me about, about Simwise's work on sustainability. What else can I say? Probably that we have some uh, very uh, big lighthouse projects that we are supporting, for example, in Brazil, in Ecuador, on the Philippines. And of course, one of our biggest ones is uh, in Madagascar. I mean, we have many more, but uh, let's, if, if I can talk about Madagascar, this is a very good example because uh, we do invest in local infrastructure, in schools, in health insurance. We offer training, some good agricultural practices, etc. But I can tell you, honestly speaking, this is a win-win situation because, of, because, I mean, of course, those people are benefiting yeah, from our mm. investments, but we also uh, secure ourselves access to high-quality high quality raw materials. Yeah? And um, yeah, to achieve the most impact here, yeah, we partner with uh, some other organizations like, for example, GIZ, Unilever, Save the Children or Kellogg. And, uh, and to provide you a figure here, I mean, if we're talking about Madagascar, it's about 5,600 farmers and more than 10,000 households that already benefited from this engagement. Thank you, Fritz. So perhaps you actually already answered my next question, but I, I read a lot about this sort of intersection of the social and environmental conditions in your report. And I just wanted to ask you, and your example there really sings to that, but how are those conditions um, linked in your supply chains? 
thank you, uh, Luis, for this question. Um, I mean, of course, we want to make sure that everybody that is involved in our supply chain benefits of our collaboration. But I do believe that the best example that I can give you here is our collaboration with CDEX. I mean, we are part of the CDEX platform. We have those meta audits or another good example here is our EcoVadis Ecovadis ranking database. I mean, uh, there our our work is like really evaluated, and we see where uh, where we can contribute both uh, can can contribute best to link the social and the environmental conditions. And also, we ask our suppliers, our partners, to also be part of that. And in this way, we can identify the the places where we should improve, where we can improve, or if our partners, uh, if we found out that our partners have have some some issues there we can work together with our partners to make sure that this is avoided in the in, in, in the near future so Fritz at the CGF as you know we have a coalition of action on food waste so I I read in your reports that you've developed an innovative technology to take parts of vegetables that would usually be disposed of and process them so that they can be used in fragrances. I found that so fascinating and such an innovative concept. It's something I've never heard about before. So perhaps you could share more on that. Sure, thank you. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, we want to make production and consumption more responsible. And a small part of that is to make efficient use of our raw materials. So we use byproducts from raw material processes to develop new products. Across all divisions, circular processes are being developed. So referring to your question, we use a unique process that Sumrite has developed. It is called SumTrap and extracts significantly more flavor from fruit that had previously been possible. So with SumTrap, flavor molecules are obtained that are not only tasty, but also make a major contribution to the naturalness of the product in, for example, flavor compositions. In this green chemistry process, Sumrite relies on an energy efficient process, which is also very gentle. So this enables us to also obtain active ingredients that are destroyed at higher temperatures. So this way, one kilo of highly concentrated flavors produced from several hundred kilos of raw material side streams. And this plays also a major role in sustainability for reasons of wide weight during transport. So in the world of perfumery, many of the finest fragrance ingredients like blossoms or other part of flowers coming from nature. So here, we also use our SimTrap technology to extract phases from vegetable production. The remaining liquid, which would usually be thrown away, can be used in fragrances, for example. So they discovered truly amazing results. For instance, a new geranium note was developed from artichoke and will be used in women's, or men women's and men's perfume. We also collected mossy or mineral notes from leek and animalistic notes from cauliflower. Or even onion, which most people can't imagine in a perfume, is used for fruity notes. No, I really cannot imagine onion in my perfume. <laughs> Most people can't, yeah? But there are fruity notes in, in there, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there are. I'm sure that, yeah, it's true. And it's, it's very, it's interesting to imagine all of those scents, to be honest. So yeah, I, I love this project. It sounds wonderful. So uh, I think, Louise, another topic that is really interesting is that we were one of the first fragrance suppliers. I mean, we also produce fragrances, yeah, that received the FSC certification for fragrance. And FSC is uh, something that you, is a certification that you usually receive uh, for uh, responsible forestry. But we also, using some byproducts from forestry 
production. Yeah, we are using from some byproducts from them to create a new fragrances, or using, or we are we are getting some raw materials out of it that we can then use in our our fragrance part. Wow. So I would like to hear something from your personal point of view, Fritz. I want to hear what your what your hopes are for the consumer goods industry and indeed the planet for the next 10 years? <laughs> that is a good question. Um, it's a well, big question. <laughs> it's a big question. Well, I mean, I, I really hope that sustainability even gains more importance within our society, right? So a legal framework is absolutely critical for that. But uh, however, I really appreciate this big trend to more sustainability. But uh, I mean, for consumers, for example, it would be great to have more products available that have a focus on sustainability, be it sourcing, production, or the benefit of a product, yeah? And I really believe that Sunrise is doing its part here because, I mean, if we're talking about food, for example, we are working on topics like alternative protein or creating food that contains less sugar of fat. So finally, Perhaps, Fritz, you could share a couple of ways to inspire me and our listeners, uh, ways in which you personally make an effort to live sustainably. Perhaps something's changed since COVID, or perhaps you were always a very sustainable person. Uh, okay, well, I mean, personally, I, I hope, I hope to my job. I mean, I am in charge of sustainability and corporate reporting at Sunrise, and uh, I always try to do this comprehensive and in a transparent way. So I hope that I'm able to meet the needs regarding the information from all of our stakeholders. And um, of course, as a private person, I, I try to purchase sustainable products wherever I can. Brilliant. Thank you so much for, for taking the time today. It was really interesting to hear everything that Simrise is doing. And it seems like you have such a structured approach uh, to sustainability and you're working across so many SDGs. So I really wish you good luck in your in your upcoming endeavors i really appreciate that thank you so much Louise. if you would like to find out more about the consumer goods forum and our work on sustainability you can visit our website at www.theconsumergoodsforum.com if you enjoyed this episode please do subscribe to the podcast for more episodes coming very soon thank you and bye for now